Welcome to LilyPod episode 65, LGBTQ mid-singles and the church. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Hi, friends. Uh, we're grateful to have you on LilyPod today. And this is an interesting but really sensitive uh, topic that we're trying to tackle. But many of the LGBTQ members of our faith are single. And, you know, they run the gamut as to what their level of involvement in the church is and you know, how they've attempted to reconcile uh, these things. There was a talk in April conference by Elder Dallin Oaks or President Dallin Oaks, which uh, many of you probably heard. And the theme actually was, was love. But toward the end of it, he reiterated some points from the proclamation on the family that marriage was between a man and a woman and that we didn't recognize same-sex marriage and that uh, that gender was important. And, you know, this is unremarkable stuff when you, when you think about where the church has been. Uh, it, on the whole, he didn't announce anything new. He reiterated the church's position but I, I want to speak, we want to speak to those concerns uh, with understanding and empathy, because I know we feel like there are a lot of people within the LGBTQ community who have seen the church kind of liberalize their uh, position on some things for example, the church has, has gotten a lot more sensitive about uh, civil rights for LGBTQ individuals and has supported uh, civil rights legislation in the city of Salt Lake for employment and, um, and housing and things like that. And, and we've seen this uh, in other venues as well. And so it's... It's one of those things where the church, I think, is trying to, to find a path that is loving and yet uh, has integrity to uh, what's in the New Testament regarding this issue. And I, I personally wasn't surprised by anything President Oaks had to say. Um, and I didn't think he was doing it intending to offend or hurt anyone. Uh, he was merely reiterating what the church's position 
has always been on these issues. And I think where where some people were were saddened or disappointed is that maybe they were hoping for more steps in the direction of you know making LGBTQ individuals um, equal participants in the church. Uh, and instead of, of stepping that direction, he reiterated the existing policy. And so I think that's where a lot of people are, are kind of feeling bad about it. And uh, we're not here to talk about whether the church should change its policy or advocate for any particular policy. Uh, what we, we want to talk about is how we as individual members, whether we're straight, uh, LGBTQ of some variety or, or whatever, how we're going to approach dealing with this issue in our own lives. Well, and what we'd like to see is a shift in community and in the two great commandments being more honored in the way we practice our faith and in the way we treat each other. Right. And I found it interesting that his talk, because I actually had not heard it uh, really very in intently until I'd been reading about how it had hurt people. And so I just, I listened with an open heart and mind because I recently wrote this article about how we can often get distracted by loud voices, by people who are being contrary or criticizing and, and miss messages that are there for us. And so I just, I listened with an open heart and mind to this talk as I try to with all talks and like we would encourage you all to do with whatever you're receiving. Cause I mean, that's the best use of our time, right? Is to, to go about figuring out, okay, what's the message here for me that is good that I can take and become a better person. Um, anyway, I, I just, I thought it was interesting that the first 11 minutes were all about the two great commandments for us to love God and love each other and all the degrees of glory that God provides for us because of how much he loves us. Right. And I honestly believe that we will end up wherever we want to be. Right. And I, I don't claim to have all the answers. I, I just have a lot of compassion in my heart for anyone who themselves or has a loved one uh, in their family who has um, has found themselves to be LGBTQ and they're not sure what to do with it. They're not sure how to navigate their life uh, within the faith. And um, first and foremost, Jeff and I believe that everyone should be welcome at church. So, you know, I think you mentioned that someone in your family um, smoked and my grandfather. And who was and it that said we should put it outside um, of church houses? It was Elder, smokers welcome. Yeah, it was Elder Matthew Cowley. He was an apostle and he said he wished he could put a sign outside every chapel in the church that said smokers welcome. And, you know, I think my grandfather always felt not excluded, but a little bit like he didn't fit in. Because uh, he was a smoker. Yeah, and some other issues too. And so I think 
you know, he, he didn't go to church very often. He went once in a while, sometimes when the grandkids were there. Um, he didn't go when my mother was growing up either. And I, I'm not, I don't want to make an equivalence between no smoking no, just... and sexual orientation, but only, only on this level that uh, the church takes the position that smoking is wrong, just as it takes the position that, um, that sex between people of the same sex is wrong, for example. And, and, you know, I loved my grandfather, despite the fact that he did something that my church thought was sinful. Now, each person faced with this challenge is going to have to come to their own decision as to what direction they're going to go and how they're going to navigate it. They've all got agency. Well, and we all have challenges. And what we want to meet those challenges with, um, whatever our own trials and tribulations are, is with compassion for ourselves and for each other. I mean, life is hard enough. We do not need to add to the pressure and and the hardship that each of our challenges present to us. Right. You know, there's a thought experiment that I have sometimes done with various people just to help aid understanding of how many LGBTQ mid-singles might feel about uh this situation or the church's position. It's not a criticism of the church's position. It's simply, we want to understand how people feel. So imagine if the the first presidency of the church were to create, uh, were to issue a, a statement saying that from now on, only uh, same-sex marriages would be recognized that anyone who was in a heterosexual marriage would be required to divorce their spouse and seek someone of the same sex. How would that feel to many of us church members who have been in marriages for a lengthy period of time, who, you know, we don't have any interest in uh, the same sex. In or that maybe way. even, maybe even take out uh the fact that you might have been married and have to get divorced. I mean, let's just say from the beginning of your life, you were expected to be in a same-sex marriage, but you were really attracted to the opposite sex. Right. How would that feel? Right. (laughs) Because that's really what um, the thought experiment is all about, is understanding, okay, how would that, I mean, what kind of choice are you facing in that situation? Yes, Kathy, in in that situation, uh, people are put in a a position where they really believe uh, very sincerely, this is the way God made me. Did he make me wrong? You know, why do I feel like maybe he made me wrong or something like that? And and ultimately, it puts us... uh, puts our LGBTQ brothers and sisters in the position of, of feeling like, okay, I either have to pick uh, keeping my temple recommend or staying active in the church and, and uh, 
living according to the faith that I love or uh, having a companion in my life. And, you know, the church has advised uh, LGBTQ individuals on its own website, don't get married as a, to, to an opposite sex partner as a attempt at therapy for this, because that rarely works. And so, but they're also in a sense, advising them to not get married at all. And I don't think it's just in a sense. I think that's definitely what's the choice that is before. It is true. Yes. And again, we're sorry if we use any terminology or say anything that is in any way offensive because we're not, we're, we're really trying to tackle this with open hearts and minds and trying to increase understanding and, uh, and love between all people. And, you know, the fact that we were divorced after marriage, we can at least in a small way understand what it's like to be unpartnered when you want to be partnered. But there was always at least some sense that one day we might get remarried, that we might be able to be in a partnership with, with someone who chooses to be celibate their entire lives. There's no end in sight ever. Right. And I just, I can't even imagine that. And and to have to make that choice. Sometimes we have to choose between two hard things. And that's another thing with divorce that we can at least, you know, have some sense of, of understanding that you don't want to break up your family, but you don't want to stay in a situation that's degrading to your soul. If you're abu- being abused, it's, it's really hard. You don't, there's, it's just those two choices aren't good. Right. They're not ideal. And yet those are, that's the only those, those are the only choices. Right. When you're picking between the devil and the deep blue sea. Yeah. And um, I, and, and, you know, even with love in later years, we're encouraging all of the mid singles out there to believe that their trauma isn't something they have to live in forever, that they can overcome it. They can heal from it. They can use the atonement and apply it in their lives and, and be able to move into healthy and beautiful relationships if they are intentional about doing so. Um, and that's because we believe that we're most happy partnered. And right. how how does that work for an LGBTQ member? That's that's rough. Right, because we believe that exaltation consists in having uh, an eternal marriage with someone you're sealed to and creating that eternal family, which is not an option that is open to LGBTQ individuals. And and we need to be really honest about that. Now, there is a teaching in our faith that I would like to to just point up that I think maybe explains this as well as anything could. Um, We talk uh, a lot, at times anyway, about having an Abrahamic test. And that comes, of course, from the time when Abraham was told he had to sacrifice his son. And thankfully, once he showed that he was willing, you know, God stopped him and said, no, you you don't actually have to do it. Um, I, I had to know that you wouldn't even withhold your own son from me. Well, I've tried to put myself in Abraham's shoes. I don't think I could do it. You know, you put one of my sons on the altar and said, you know, you've got you've to take a knife to this kid and, and take his life. 
I am probably not at the level where I could do that um, right now. And so I, I think, again, this is a thought experiment, but there are uh, people I'm sure who are in the LGBTQ community who look at this as a similar kind of Abrahamic test. And probably many church members kind of see it like that. But would you judge anyone who was unable to take the life of their own son uh, when they were asked to? Um, and I don't want to be melodramatic, but, but I think for a lot of, of good people who live with those proclivities, um, it's, it's a really difficult choice to think about, all right, do I want to keep my temple recommend? and live my religion the way I've been taught it and be alone the rest of my life? Or do I want to be partnered and walk away from at least the biggest part of, of, uh, you know, my religious observance. And I have known uh, more than one returned missionary who has, and, and one of them even had been married, but felt like he couldn't, remain married to his wife because um, of where what his preferences were. And it's it's easy to say, you know, for, for us that are in heterosexual marriages and, and happy that way, it's easy for us to say, well, they can just abstain. Well, I understand that. They can just abstain. It's hard. And, uh, you know, like Kathy mentioned a minute ago, being uh, partnered involves that that component of of lovemaking and you know if we were told okay from now on you can't make love to your spouse anymore um, how tough of an abrahamic test would that be for for almost all of us you know with Every scenario that we're coming up with, you know, it just reminds me that, and I, I hope I've said this clearly enough, I, I have this very strong belief that whatever has ever been said was a sin by God has its own inherent pain within it. Right. And that's why I think it's so important for us not to judge each other harshly, not to ostracize or, or feel that in order to love, we have to decide if we're condoning the situation or, you know, that we have to, to somehow judge it. And I, we don't. Uh, the fact is that there's inherent pain in every single agonizing choice we make when we have uh, situations that we just, that over are overwhelming. Right. You know, we recently interviewed Becky McIntosh on this podcast. And if you listen to that interview, she was forthright about the fact that she has a, a gay son. And, and she wrote and, a book called Love Boldly, uh, How to Embrace Your LGBTQ Loved Ones and Your Faith. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know where you were going with that. Well, I was going to the place where Becky said, I'm not trying to change the church's policy. I'm not trying to change the church's doctrine. I, I'm just 
trying to change the culture. And I think that that's the theme of this podcast in a way, uh, because I think what Kathy just said is absolutely right. Um, I think a lot of times we think, and I'll, I'll use the example of divorce first, but we think, okay, well, we've heard rumors that so-and-so was into porn and that led to the divorce, or we heard that she was running around with somebody and that, you know, caused the divorce or you name it. There could be any, you know, one of many hundreds of explanations for what people hear through the grapevine. And they, they may think, okay, that guy who people says was doing porn, we got to steer clear of him. You know, we, we got to avoid that kind of influence. And, and if we are loving toward that person, well, we're just condoning pornography. And if you think about it, that's really not a very kind way to think. Well, and for anyone who's ever been addicted to anything, which in our interview with Dr. Brett, Greg Bear, he said, we're all addicted to something. Right. Um, it's just to, to different degrees and to different things. And, you know, I told Jeff this morning, my my belief that the worst sin isn't any in, any sin in particular. It's whatever I'm unwilling to repent of, period. Right. And it, I just want you to think about that. The worst sin is not outside of ourselves. It's not in someone else. It's whatever's in us that we need to, to do something about. Right. I, I want to kind of make the point along, along those lines that, you know, when we talk about um, how people don't want to condone what somebody did that caused the end of a marriage, and so they steer clear of that person, or maybe both people, because they feel like they need to judge who was right and who was wrong in order to know who to support. Well, Kathy and I have been forthright on many occasions in saying, support both of them, leave judgment to God, and don't you know, don't concern yourself with condoning. Take condone. Well, Becky McIntosh said, take condoning out of your vocabulary because you're not, you know, you're not condoning something just by being loving towards someone. Well, and she mentioned the pe kind of people that Jesus hung out with. Right. All, they were all sorts of sinners. <laughs> and, and was he condoning what they were doing? I doubt it, but he right. was loving them. I mean, like the woman taken in adultery is a good example. Jesus uh, writes something in the dirt. And I've heard uh, general authorities say maybe he was writing the names of the men who that woman had been with. Um, but anyway, then he, he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. And everyone sort of looked bashfully and walked away uh, because, of course, we all sin. And then he goes to the woman and says, neither do I condemn thee. Go forth and sin no more. So he's, he's not there to throw a rock. He's not there, you know, and by being kind to this woman, he wasn't condoning adultery. Uh, he was merely he was merely saying, let's be merciful. Let's be forgiving. 
let's not throw rocks at people and try to hurt people. You know, that reminds me of a thought that I've often had whenever I'm tempted to be upset with someone for something they did. And that is, we all fall short. We all need the atonement. We are all in the same human condition, right. all of us, every single one of us. And I think that goes with, along with that lesson that Jesus taught in that situation. Um, you know, I, I would love to just say that uh, independent of, of the church's policy to stand by the proclamation of the family and to... Um, to support marriage between a man and a woman, I I want to add that we have a lot of empathy and compassion for a problem that we haven't personally dealt with and understand ourselves, but have have pondered a lot, and um, and we just want to add that you know we we know it's not easy, and and I think that a lot of us can relate in whatever ways we've had to make really tough choices or made sacrifices that we felt were unbearable. And I don't even know that I could say which is the better path. I mean, I would not blame anyone for choosing to be partnered, but without a temple recommend versus, you know, someone who, I mean, we have a friend, a dear friend who has chosen to, to live a celibate life and to be temple worthy and to become kind of a spokesperson for LGBTQ members of our faith. And I think he's very, very courageous. And I think it would be really, really hard. And my heart always like, you know, goes out to him and also to those who have chosen differently to be partnered and maybe to be less active. Um, but I would love to maybe say here that just like um, that apostle who said, let's put let's, you know, let's pretend there's, you know, signs out there saying smokers welcome. I mean, LGBTQ members welcome. Sinners, welcome. Everyone right. that I mean, has the struggles, welcome. We, we tell people God meets you where you are. You know, we tell people that all the time. And I think sometimes we think of that and say, oh, God meets you where you are, except for you LGBTQ people, except for you smokers, except for you divorcees, you know, except for you people that aren't perfect. God meets us where we are. Well, and that is such a lie from the adversary himself, really, to make us all feel isolated and alone and not able to connect. Right. And, and you know, I, I want to reiterate something we said earlier in the podcast because it's so important. <clears throat> we want to encourage you to, to believe that God meets you where you are. And if you're an LGBTQ individual that is living uh, the lifestyle, we still want you to come to church. We want you to be involved in love in later years. We want you to give us your insights. Uh, we believe God will meet you where you are and, and he'll work with you from there. And, you know, do I know how, I mean, I have two cousins that are both um, gay men. Uh, one of them is a returned missionary. And, you know, I love my cousins. Uh, I don't have to feel like I'm condoning their choices to, to love them. Yeah. In fact, just get rid of that or right. just let it go. Right. I mean, I, you know, Kathy and I went to a funeral. This is back before we were married, 
but for a dear friend of mine who was a former stake president and his son, one of his sons who is gay spoke at the funeral and you could tell from the way he talked that, you know, he idolized his dad. I mean, his dad was his hero. And, uh, I think the way that their family handled that issue, um, was, was to say, all right, we may not have chosen this particular life for our son if it was up to us. Uh, but, you know, he chose to be partnered and they welcome his partner as they would any partner of, of any of their children. And you know what? Elder Christofferson's family, I mean, we're talking about D. Todd Christofferson in the Quorum of the Twelve, did the exact same thing uh, because he has a brother that's gay and was partnered for 20 odd years and their family welcomed uh, Tom is the name of the brother and his partner uh, with open arms at their family events. And they focused on being loving, not on trying to stop people from sinning uh, because ultimately we've all got our agency and, you know, we can, uh, exercise that according to the dictates of our own conscience. And so I just want to put in a personal plea to any LGBTQ mid-singles in our audience. Uh, if you want to come to church, come to church and, you know, partake of the spirit that's there, participate in the lessons, you know, all of that stuff. Everyone has a right to worship. Right. You know, I I know someone who did the same thing that we've heard from Becky and from, you know, the, the examples that you've cited that has welcomed her gay son with open heart arms and with love. And, you know, it was a difficult path to navigate, but they've figured it out. <clears throat> and um, something I've always like remembered that she said about her, their situation, she said, you know, I always wanted my children to know that God loved them. And if they've learned nothing else from all of the years of me raising them, if they know that, whether they're an active member of the church or not, then I've done my job. Right. And, oh my goodness, I didn't think I'd get emotional, but I just want to say that whoever's listening, whatever you've been through, whatever you're dealing with, whether you are an LGBTQ or a loved one of one, or even just if you have your own set of challenges that are unique to you, God loves you and we love you. Right. Yeah. I, I echo what, what Kathy just said. It really is not our place. And now I'm speaking to, uh, every member of the church that is listening, it's really not our place to judge the choices of other people, even if they go against church policy. I mean, we haven't been there in their bodies, in their minds. We haven't been there for all their life experiences. And, you know, I like that old saying, it might be a cliche, but uh, don't condemn me because I sin differently from you. And, you know, I think we can really apply that to uh, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. Um, they have, you know, they have their own 
challenges and we have we have our own and they will be different not just according to our sexual preference but but basically per individual we all have our own unique struggles and challenges the and ch- our own unique path as right. well and so you know in terms of our own unique struggles and our own unique path i think it's it's important and i, I loved the way becky mcintosh discussed this um she said i just i just believe that we are going to be an eternal family she chooses to believe that she says i don't know how the lord makes that happen not my problem he knows how to do his work uh, with his children and so i feel the same way i mean i i have a a son that isn't active in the church and my belief is someday he'll come back to it how's he going to do that i don't know not my not my job uh, you know i'll i'll support him and love him and everything regardless of what he chooses uh, but i don't push the issue i think that would be counterproductive and i just choose to believe that ultimately he will be back in in the church and in the faith and that we will be an eternal family and and you can choose the same kind of beliefs uh, you know, without necessarily knowing how God is going to work in our lives to get us there. You know, and I appreciated the fact that a good majority of Elder Oaks talk, President Oaks talk was to love and to, to be loved by God, to recognize his love for us and all the happiness he wants for us and also to love him and love each other. And that's something that has been a common theme as I've been reading comments that have been uh, legitimately and understandably frustrated about the portion of the talk that wasn't as sensitive as maybe it could have been towards the challenges of LGBTQ loved ones. And we're just here to add that empathy, add that compassion and um, and try to demonstrate that love that I think he was trying to portray um, as a very important part of the gospel. Right. And um, and then as I've seen comments from from mothers, especially of of gay sons and um, lesbian daughters, that that they all have received per- personal witness, personal revelation about how to manage that. And it's all been love. Just like Becky said, the answer to every problem and every question is love. And in this case, it has absolutely love. And, and it might take us a lifetime to figure out how to do well. Right. We, you know, we stumble, we fall, we're all imperfect and we don't always show up the way we would want to, you know, cause we all have challenges of our own, but that's what we want to increase and promote more of here at love in later years. Right. We, uh, like I said, we're not here to try to change the church's policy. That's not our mission. Our mission, though, does involve love. And, and love is central to our mission, romantic love as well as 
Christian love. And so we, we really feel strongly that uh, we would welcome people regardless of, of what their sexual orientation is or what their challenges are. <clears throat> I think God would rather have you in church than not. And come sing hymns, pray, you know, participate in lessons, ponder on your life. Let God take you where he finds you and, and, uh, and choose to follow him the best way you know how or you can at this time. And don't worry so much about what everybody else is expecting uh, because we just want you to know we love you. We uh, are concerned with your well-being and we think you should be welcome at church regardless of what your, uh, you know, what your situation in life is. And we don't control the agency of all people, so we cannot guarantee that everyone will be as gracious as maybe they should be. But we know we're trying and we know a lot of people who are trying. And so if you look for those people who are supportive and kind and welcoming, you'll find them. I mean, we love uh, the music and the persona of David Archuleta who has been very vocal in the last year about his own uh, sexual identity. And he has struggled and, and, and has been very open about the fact that he struggled uh, through this thing because he's a very faithful member of the church. He's a returned missionary. A lot of his singing has been, you know, about God and his faith. And he's written songs like My Little Prayer, you know, about his faith in God and in Christ. And, you know, we love David Archuleta. Well, and what beautiful sentiments that have touched a lot of hearts have come from the very challenge that he's been dealing with that no one knew about for a long time. Right. And, you know, what direction he he chooses to go with his life, uh, I'm not going to concern myself with that. Um, I'm going to love him and, and love his music, regardless of, of what direction he chooses. And, and I'll think, you know, God will work with him in whatever unique ways he needs to. And, and that's all I really know about it. And there's just so much to appreciate about all members, um, regardless of their, their challenges in life. And that's something I'm learning. I think the more, the older I get and the more experience I have that everyone has this unique path and unique mission, and we all can have so much to offer if we allow ourselves to be shaped by a God who, who did make us and who does love us and, you know, and, and understands our, our struggles. Right. Another point before we wrap up, that I, that I would like to be really clear on. Um, as we've been talking a little about David Archuleta and his situation, you know, he has said since he became public with his, um, with his own sexuality, he's said that uh, he's learned that God made him the way he did for a reason, that there's a purpose in it. That, that this is part of his path. 
and of course he's struggling to figure out exactly what that path is, but he said, I, I'm no longer going to feel shame about these desires that I have. And, you know, I don't think he should feel shame about it. I, I think that uh, we can be compassionate toward people who are in a tough situation if they really love their faith the way he does. And, you know, I don't want anyone to think from anything that we've said that that we judge them or or otherwise, you know, want to exclude them. Um, I, and I don't think Elder Oaks would either. I think he would say if a, if a LGBTQ person came to him and said, I'd like to bring my same-sex partner and come to church and sing hymns and be part of the meeting. You know, my belief is that Elder Oaks or President Oaks would say, yeah, please do, please come. And I know Elder Christofferson would because that's what his brother did uh, and ultimately came back to church that way. So, I mean, I, I just, uh, well, we just want to say our hearts go out to you if you're, um, in that situation and, and that it is part of your path. Uh, you know, we don't know all the reasons and you may not know all the reasons right now, but. And, you know, we even teach that if divorce has been part of your life, it was part of your path. And, um, really the best way to look at any challenge we would deal, we'll deal with is that it's a unique part of our life path and can be embraced rather than feeling any kind of shame about it ever. Right. I wouldn't have wanted my grandfather to feel shame about the fact that he smoked. I would have liked him to quit, you know, for his health and whatever. But the fact that he was a smoker didn't diminish my love for him at all. He was one of the most important men in my life, still is, uh, even though he's been gone for many years. But uh, yeah, I mean, I hope that that you can all receive the spirit in which we're making these comments. And, you know, whatever you're dealing with personally, I'd just like you to picture a sign at church. If you're not, you know, if you're not sure, quite sure if you want to come, just picture a sign at church that says whatever you're dealing with. Welcome. Yeah, we hear what's the saying that church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. And uh, and that's true. We've all got our own crosses to bear and you know, the best way we're going to get through it is by being understanding and compassionate uh, to each other. So, Well, and whether you come to church or not, um, please do come. But if you're not coming, like, just know that you, you have access to God through prayer and to the Spirit um, on your own. And, and don't feel ever that, you know, you've done or are experiencing anything that he can't handle. That's right. So hopefully this has been helpful and given you some good things to, to think about. Um, We'd I, love to hear from you. If, um, if you want to reach out to us, we're at love in later years at gmail.com. If you want to email us or, um, you know, if, if you even want to just leave a review or, send us a message on Facebook. Um, and our, our group is love in later years, um, on Facebook and we're on Instagram and, and we'd just love for you to join us. Exactly. 
So thank you for, uh, for coming along on this discussion with us. We hope again that it's given you things to ponder and we leave you with the idea that, uh, like Becky McIntosh said, there is almost no problem that we face in life to which love is not the answer. And with that note, uh, remember, any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.